Hi guys, and welcome back to the Mystery Comedy Old Time Radio Podcast. Please welcome to the show this morning to tickle our funny bone, Miss Murray Wilson and Kathy Lewis, with Hans Conried as Professor Popkin, Life Erickson as Richard, John Brown as Al, and Miss Gloria Gordon as Mrs. O'Reilly in the Cy Howard CBS comedy show, My Friend Irma. In this first episode, Jane and Irma are in their apartment talking about the double date that they had and how Irma insulted Richard and Richard insulted Irma and how they are no longer talking to each other except for Irma who can't stop talking so Jane and Irma have an idea about getting the boys over to their apartment to have a makeup dinner party so that way they can resolve their issues but unfortunately for them their issues are not solved with each other but they try their best to make the dinner as pleasant as they can so when their neighbor and landlady come in Irma hatches an idea about having Professor Kropotkin and Mrs. O'Reilly in the same room with each other so Irma goes out on a mercy errand but Jane tries to stop her to avoid any conflict during their meal tonight that night and it is called Double Troubles and in this next episode Jane is waiting patiently by the phone for Richard to call her but unfortunately for the girls they're on a party line to where everyone can hear their conversation with the other person so Jane tries her best and goes down to the phone company to get a private line installed but unfortunately the man tells her that they don't have the equipment but Al has the same idea and gives it to Irma so Irma and Al go down to the phone company themselves and Irma starts to tell the man that if he doesn't give them a private line then they'll just take their business elsewhere unfortunately for Irma she ends up putting egg on her face when the phone company cuts their line off so Al has a plan for each other so they don't get caught Al tells Irma to pretend like the phone is working just fine. So they call people or they pretend to call them and talk to them or they pick up the receiver and think that it's the person that they're talking to, to fool Jane. But later on in the episode, Jane finds out the truth and it all unravels for Irma after getting her roommate and best friend Jane in a lot of trouble. And it is called Buy or Sell. I hope you guys enjoy Miss Murray Wilson and Kathy Lewis in the CBS comic show, My Friend Irma. If you like the show, please comment and subscribe, guys, and enjoy the show. Thanks.
Lever Brothers Company, makers of Swan, the soap with the exclusive super-creamed blend, presents... Our friend, Swan, with my friend, Irma. Starring Mary Wilson as Irma and Kathy Lewis as Jane. Friendship, friendship, just a perfect friendship when other friendships have been forgotten. Theirs will still be hot. My friend, Irma. Sunday morning, and I got the blues like I never had them before. Why? Because last night we went out on a double date. Irma and Al, Richard and myself. And what is the result? Now, Richard doesn't talk to me, Al doesn't talk to Irma. The fact is, nobody talks. Except Irma, you can't stop her from talking. (laughs) Jane. Yes, honey? I didn't mean to start the fight last night. Well, you had no business insulting Richard that way. When he said his folks came over on the Mayflower, you had no right to turn to Mrs. Rhinelander and ask her how she enjoyed the trip. (laughs) I'm sorry. Well, you started it, but Richard had no right to tell you that your head was the only vacancy in town. (laughs) That's why I'm glad we walked out when we did. I am through with Richard. And I'm through with Val. The way he behaved when the fan dancer came on. Put water on his face so she'd think he was perspiring, come over and cool him off. (laughs) Honey, I'd rather not recall any of the sordid details. We're through with the boys, and it's probably for the best. That's right, Jane. This is a man's world, but we can go someplace else. You're right, honey. We don't need the boys. We don't need the boys. We can do without them forever. Yes, we can do without them forever. What are you thinking about, Irma? Jane, how can we get the fellows back? (laughs) We don't need them, Irma. There are plenty of things for two girls to do. What? Well, my heavens, we can do things like, uh, well, we can knit, and uh, and we can read, and we can knit... And and we can read, and we can knit. (laughs) Gee, Irma, I wonder how we can get the fellas back. I don't know, Jane, but but this should only prove to us that a girl is lost without a fellow. How right you are, honey. I wouldn't want to be found any other way. (laughs) You know, I've got an idea. You know, all men like that domestic touch. Irma, you and I will cook dinner, and we'll invite the boys over. You see, there'll just be the four of us in a, in a warm and friendly atmosphere, and who can tell? What with this being leap year and with a full stomach, a man's liable to say yes to anything. Well, we call the boys, and they're coming over. Now Irma and I are preparing dinner, and Irma is her usual talented self in the kitchen. She has baked an apple pie, and it's perfect, except for one slight error. She forgot to put the apples in it. <laughs> so now she's panicky, so she's cut slits in the crust, and she's trying to slip in the apples with a pair of tweezers. <laughs> oh, really? Irma? Yes, Jane? Forget the pie, will you, sweetie? It's a total loss. We'll serve the cake I baked. All right, I'll get it off the fire escape. The fire escape? What's my cake doing out there? Well, Al likes icing, so I poured some water on it and set it out to freeze. (laughs) Look, sweetie, I appreciate you trying to help me, but Richard is coming. I'm trying to marry him, not poison him. (laughs) Jane, I want the dinner to be good, too. After all, I want to impress Al. You know, spring is coming, and in the spring, a young man's fancy turns. Yeah? Yeah. And when it turns, I want it facing me. (laughs) Well, honey, if I let you cook this meal, he won't be able to turn. Rigor mortis will hit him after the first bite. (laughs) Suppose you make the cocktails, huh? Some Manhattans or Old Fannish? Come in. It's only me, Professor Kropotkin. (laughs) Hello, Janie and Irma, my two little baby carriages. One with a fancy top, one a little buggy. <laughs> Why, Professor?
professor. Excuse me, a little joke I picked up from a nursemaid. <laughs> My, what smells so good? Such a delicate aroma could only come from one thing, Hungarian goulash. It's pot roast. How could I make a mistake like that? Maybe the cow is Hungarian. <laughs> Please, Irma, don't mention cows. Cows remind me of milk. Milk reminds me of butter. Butter reminds me of a tub. And I don't want to discuss, Mrs. O'Reilly. <laughs> you know, Professor, there are times when I resent those remarks you make. Frankly, I think you'd get more out of Mrs. O'Reilly if you met her halfway. All right, I'll meet her halfway. I'll hold my arms out and tell her to come to me. Ah, oh, that's the spirit. But only on one condition, if she's on the other side of an open drawbridge. <laughs> now, you see, Professor, that's what I mean. You know, I think it's entirely your fault if you can't get along with her. Jane's right. We had fights with Al and Richard, but we realize we're wrong, so we're giving them a chance to apologize. Please, girls, I thank you for the consideration, but believe me, Mrs. O'Reilly is east and Kropotkin is west, and if I see her coming from the north, believe me, girls, I'm heading south. But, Professor... Please, you... girls, these are my last words. Besides, the smell of food makes me hungry, so I think I'll go back up to my room and open up a can of oyster soup. Oh, Professor, that's out of season. There's no orange soup. <laughs> I'll drink it out of a saucer. There's an R in saucer. <laughs> oh, isn't it a pity, Jane? Sweet old man like the professor. What kind of a life has he got living alone? He has to go up to a lonely room and eat from a can by himself. Yeah. It is sad, honey. There's nothing as pitiful as a lonely person. And I don't want us to end up that way. That's why we're giving this little dinner party for the boys tonight. Yeah, I wonder why the professor hasn't gotten married in all these years. Oh, I don't know. Maybe he hasn't found the right person. Yes, or maybe he can't get his father's permission. <laughs> Irma, hand me the flour sifter. The flour sifter? Yeah, you know, that shiny can with the little holes on the bottom. Oh, that. I threw it out because it leaked. Oh. <laughs> Grand. I'm glad we haven't any screens in this place. You throw them out because you let the air in. Come in. Hello, girls. Mind if I drop in for a minute? Oh, not at all, Mrs. O'Reilly. You'll have to excuse us, though. You see, we're just getting dinner ready. Sit down. Thank you. Oh, girls, I get the blues so badly, especially on Sunday. You don't know how lonely an old widow can be. So let me give you a bit of advice. When you get married, always treat your husbands kindly. If you don't, they get even with you. They die, the cowards. <laughs> well, Mrs. O'Reilly, you know, you're still, shall we say, young. Well, that's true. But my beauty's all slowly fading. At night, I have to use all sorts of creams and Max Factor's makeup. Have you noticed any difference? I haven't, but the professor says I'm getting to look more like Max every day. <laughs> Girls, believe me, the professor is a miserable-tempered man. Well, Mrs. O'Reilly, you know, I think it's your fault. You won't meet him halfway. And he's even willing to meet you on a drawbridge. Irma. <laughs> you know, Mrs. O'Reilly, you've got to understand that the professor is a very lonely man. He, he's alone in the world, and... And, and I don't want to interfere, but that room of his is... Well... Now, Janie, that's not my fault. I try to do my best, the best I can in his room. Why, only yesterday I brought up some white sheets for him. But the man's an ingrate, because now he says he wants a bed. <laughs> well, he's probably tired of sleeping on that studio couch. You know, the professor has a lot of pride. But underneath it all, he's a very sensitive and warm-hearted person. Oh, I guess you're right, Jane. You know, there are times when I think he likes me because <laughs> he flirts with me. <laughs> really, Miss O'Reilly? How do you know? Oh, a woman always knows these things, Irma. One time when I was on top of the roof, leaning over, fixing the clothesline, he nudged me playfully. <laughs> Well, what's the use of dreaming? I think I'll just go back to my room and throw rocks at me hope chest. <laughs> Goodbye, girls. 
Gee, Jane, I... I feel sad all over again. Why, honey? Oh, the professor and Mrs. O'Reilly are both so lonely. Wouldn't it be wonderful if tonight at dinner when we get our, our fellows back, we could get them together, too? Then we can kill six birds with one dinner. <laughs> the way you're cooking, honey, you can get eight to one odds anyplace. <laughs> Besides, you know, Irma, they don't get along. I don't think the professor and Mrs. O'Reilly can even sit in the same room without our having to call the police. Come in. Flowers for Jane Stacy. That's me. Oh, uh, here you are, boy. Thanks, lady. Oh, gee. Oh, Irma, they're from Richard. Oh, aren't they beautiful? And here's a card. Oh, now, isn't this sweet? It says, we'll never quarrel again. I'm looking forward to dinner tonight. Love, Richard. Wasn't that thoughtful of him? Oh, yes. I wonder what Al will bring. Probably some wax paper, so what he can't eat, he can take home. (laughs) Please, Jane. You you shouldn't pick on Al like that. Someday he's going to be a big man. Honey, he couldn't be a big man if he was wearing stilts. That boyfriend of yours has more angles than a four-way cold tablet. Come in. Hello, Jane. Hi, chicken. Hello, Al. Here, chicken. Candy for you. Oh, look, Jane, a box of assorted chocolates. Really? Let's see. Three peanut bars, one old Nick, two packages of Lifesavers. Wow, this is quite a present, Diamond Jim. Dangerous work. I shook that candy machine till I was blue in the face. Oh, Jane, look, here's a card from Al. Oh, Al, I could kiss you for this. Card? What does it say? Love is a path between two hearts from which we have never swerved. So say those words I've longed to hear. Darling, dinner is served. <laughs> oh, gee, Jane, isn't he another Longfellow? Yeah, but Longfellow wrote from suffering. Al writes from hunger. <laughs> oh, don't talk about Al that way, Jane. Al, uh, did that job come through with Craig Oil? No, chicken, but got him interested in a great deal. It's a derrick with a Ferris wheel attached. So if you don't strike oil, you can open an amusement park. <laughs> Sounds wonderful. You see what hidden talents he has, Jane? Hidden? They should be exiled. <laughs> oh, gee, Jane, isn't it wonderful? Now I've got Al back and you've got Richard back. Oh, but I'm still not happy. Now what's the matter, honey? Oh, I keep thinking of the professor and Mrs. O'Reilly. I can't be happy if I know other people are unhappy. Well, but honey, what can we do about it? Well... I've got a plan. No, no. Wait a minute, Irma. No, No, Irma. Jane, I'll be right back. Oh. Hey, what do you think Chicken is up to? I don't know, Al, but I'm afraid she's out on a mercy errand. She's probably going to try to get Professor Kropotkin and Mrs. O'Reilly down here together. Oh, she ain't got a chance. You know, although Chicken's got a great heart, I don't think she's got much tact, do you, Jane? Well... I'll put it this way, Al. If Irma had been a diplomat during the Civil War, not only would the North have fought the South, but the East would have slugged it out with the West. (laughs) Al, will you keep an eye on the pot roast while I get the phone, huh? Hello? Oh, hello, Richard. Oh, your flowers were just beautiful. Yeah, dinner will be at 7. We're having a pot roast. And if Irma accomplishes what I think she's trying to do, we may have the police for dessert. (laughs) I'll explain it all to you when I see you. Goodbye, Richard. How's the roast, Al? Fine. Never tasted anything better. Oh, Al. All I wanted you to do was just to watch it. Well, Jean, I did it. It's all fixed. Irma, they're coming for dinner? Yes, I told Mrs. O'Reilly it was a surprise, and I couldn't tell her who the fellow was. Well, what about the professor? Well, I told him we had a girlfriend for him who was a combination of Rita Hayworth and Lana Turner put together. Chicken, how could you say that? Well, the two of them put together are about as old as Mrs. O'Reilly and weigh about the same. <laughs> Chicken, the professor didn't fall for that, did he? Well, he did when I showed him this picture. Uh, of course, he, he doesn't know who it is. Let me see it. Irma, who is this? It's Mrs. O'Reilly. But this must have been taken when she was 18 years old. Jane, he's getting a woman, not a car. He doesn't have to know what model it is. 
And now Susie Swan sings to us. Listen. My advice, says Susie, you like this brand new kind of lather, so be choosy. Swan gives you beauty lather, rich as cream. Your skin stays soft as any dream, and fresh as dew. I swan to you, says Susie. Say, that's what I call real beauty expert advice, Susie Swan. Yes, Swan is a perfect bath soap. Because thanks to Swan's exclusive super-creamed blend, Swan gives you a wonderful new kind of beauty lather for your bath. Rich, creamy lather that smooths onto your skin more softly than you ever dreamed possible. And yet, this gentle Swan lather cleanses so thoroughly, your skin fairly glows. And ladies, when you step from the tub, you'll love the way your skin feels. Fresh from top to toe. Because this new kind of Swan beauty lather rinses away so completely. It's true. Swan's exclusive super creamed blend gives you a wonderful new kind of beauty lather. So from now on, make Swan soap your regular bath soap. Well, in her own inimitable way, Irma has done it again. She's got Mrs. O'Reilly thinking that a young Casanova awaits her. And Professor Kropotkin will be down to dinner expecting to meet some glamorous young siren. When they find out the awful truth, the only siren around will be the one that brings the riot squad. <laughs> I don't know what to do. Irma, how could you have done this? Oh, Jane, we wanted to bring the two of them together. Oh, yes, but honestly, honey, the professor's going to walk in here expecting an 18-year-old girl. He will see Mrs. O'Reilly. What will you say to him? Uh, gee, Professor, you're late. <laughs> Chicken, nobody was ever that late. You know, Irma, there's only one thing to do, and that's to tell the truth. I'll go upstairs, and I'll try and... Ex oh, girls, excuse my appearance, but I'm getting dressed for dinner. And I've been so excited at the thought of meeting a new gentleman that I dropped my mirror. How does my hair look? I think you've got it on backwards. <laughs> what? Uh, I, I mean, you're comb. Uh, look, uh, you know, Mrs. O'Reilly, about this gentleman that you're expecting... Not another word, Jane. I want it to be a surprise. Oh, but you see, Mrs. O'Reilly, Professor Kapat... Please, Irma, yep. don't mention his name when we're speaking of the finer things in life. <laughs> oh, dear, I'd better hurry back to my room. My eyelashes are drying on the windowsill. <laughs> I'm afraid the birds will get at them. I'll <laughs> be back soon. Goodbye, girls. Oh, now, Irma. There, you see how you've misled the poor woman. When she sees it's the professor, her heart will be broken. Not to mention all the furniture. Jane, we've got to prevent them from killing each other. Oh, I don't know why you're both so worried. It'll be a candlelight dinner, and when they come in, we'll blow out all the candles. <laughs> All right. Every man for himself. Come in. Hello, everybody. Oh, it's you, Richard. Gee, I'm afraid you're not in for a very peaceful meal. What do you mean? Well, you see, I, I originally planned this dinner as a sort of a bury-the-hatchet thing. But it seems that Irma's played Cupid and invited Mrs. O'Reilly and Professor Kropotkin without either of them knowing the other is coming. So instead of it being a bury-the-hatchet party, it'll just be a scalping party. Well, now, Jane, I wouldn't be so distressed. You know, I, I once read an article by an eminent psychologist who states that the reason so many couples fear romance and marriage is because they see so many unhappy couples around them. Yeah? What, what you mean is that, that if, the, if the four of us pretend to be very happy, the, the professor and Mrs. O'Reilly will forget their hatred and try to copy us, Exactly. Huh? But we must put it on extra heavy, Jane. No quarreling of any sort. We must be the epitome of happiness. Uh, you understand, Irma? Certainly, I'll show them we're happy. Uh, Al, when they knock at the door, I'll sit on your lap. No, Chicken, I'll sit on your lap. <laughs> I don't care if you sit on each other's laps, but remember now, no quarreling, and that goes for all of us. Remember, shh, Irma, be happy, happy. Come in. Well, here I am, dressed to kill. <laughs> Quiet, Irma. <laughs> oh, yes. Ha, 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 ha. Did I say something funny? 
No, it's just that we're all so happy. <laughs> well, uh, this young lady I'm going to meet, Janie, what's she like? Uh, uh, well, I, I, I must say her, her pictures do flatter her a little. Yes, about 40 years. <laughs> I'm a, as a professor. That's a, a nice suit you've got on. Is it salt and pepper or herringbone? Who knows, when you work in a restaurant, you pick up everything. <laughs> I'm so excited. I'm shaking like a schoolboy. Here comes the truant officer. <laughs> Come in. Hello, everybody. Oh, Mrs. O'Reilly, how lovely you look. Ha, 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 not yet. <laughs> Professor, what are you doing here? Oh, what's the difference? <laughs> uh, Richard, my sweet, it's nice to see your smiling face before me. Happy, dear? I do nothing but smile when I'm with you, beloved. Right, Al? Oh, indeed. I, I have never known such happiness since I met Chicken. Every time I look at her, I laugh. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, shall we all have dinner? Oh, yes. Just as soon as the young lady... Hold it. Hold it. What's the matter? I'm getting a little sick. <laughs> Richard is for Jane. Al is for Irma, and me, I'm for the nearest open window. Now, now, wait, Professor, wait. What is there to wait about? Irma. What, Professor? That picture of that girl you showed me. But that was Mrs. O'Reilly taken 40 years ago. I don't believe it. That much damage couldn't have been done in only 40 years. <laughs> now, just a minute there, Professor. You think you're disappointed. What about me? I expected someone handsome and dashing. The only time you ever dashed was when you saw me coming for the rent. <laughs> now listen to me, Mrs. You Orr, listen to me, Professor. Now, 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 look, the two of you. Now, now, look, maybe we did trick you into this meeting, but, but why not be grown up about it? You're both just wonderful people, and, and you're lonely. Gee, I think you ought to give each other a chance. Come on, now, why don't you join us at dinner? And you, you can see for yourself how happy Al is with Irma and I am with Richard. Come on, now, what do you say? Pot roast smells pretty good, folks. Well, uh, I'm willing. Well, I'll stay. Only on the condition that I sit next to Mrs. O'Reilly. Why, Professor? <laughs> if I sit next to her, I won't have to face her. <laughs> well, come on now, everybody. Dinner is served. Well, here we are, just finishing dinner, and I must say, things have been progressing rather nicely so far. Not one harsh word has passed between Mrs. O'Reilly and the professor. Maybe it's because neither of them stopped eating since they sat down. But now we're in trouble. They finished eating. And before they get a chance to start tearing into each other, I've nudged Richard and whispered to him to tell a funny story. <laughs> You know, uh, as long as we're all sitting here sort of friendly, I'd sort of like to tell a little story. Uh, it's sort of risque. Oh, don't tell a story in risque. Tell it in plain English so we can all understand it. <laughs> Mama, why do you always butt in when Richard wants to talk? Go ahead, Richard. Chicken, are you going to let Jane talk to you like that? Well, as I was saying... <laughs> Mama, will you please be quiet, please? We'd like to hear what Richard has to say. Well, as I was saying... Why does this... Richard have to talk? Maybe, maybe my Al has a funny story. Thank you, Chicken. Now, this fellow Richard was... has started. Let him finish. Thank you, Jane. Well, now, it's... Wait seems... a minute. <laughs> What's wrong with my stories? I know funnier ones than he does. Yes. <laughs> That's a good one, Al. I haven't told it yet. <laughs> Irma Peterson, now, this is your last warning. You keep still or Now, I... just a minute, Jane. Nobody talks to Irma like that when I'm around. You get smart with her and I... Now, wait a minute, Al. Don't talk to Jane that way. Stay of this, Richard. I can handle it myself. Jane, I wish you'd stop telling everybody what to do. That's telling her, chicken. She's always picking on you. No, she's not. <laughs> well, if she does pick on you, Irma, I think it's for your own good. Richard, Rhinelander, I'm perfectly capable of handling my own arguments. This is a personal affair. Please stay out of it. All right, Jane, if that's the way you feel about it, goodbye. <laughs> Probably heard the story anyway. <laughs> oh, that Richard's a sorehead. 
that's no way to talk about Richard after all. You're not his girlfriend. Oh, keep quiet, Irma. Jane, you can't talk to my girl that way. Al, mind your own business. Okay, I will. Goodbye. <laughs> Jane, this is all your fault. You made Al leave. I made him leave. Irma, sometimes I think you're the most ridiculous girl in the world. Goodbye. She's got no right saying I'm the most ridiculous girl in the world. She hasn't traveled enough to know. <laughs> and I'm going to tell her that. Mrs. O'Reilly. <laughs> yes, Professor? It has been a long time since I've had the privilege of escorting a beautiful woman to a dance. Are you ready? Folks, we'll announce more top winners of the $100,000 Lever Fur Contest in just a moment. But first, here's a special word to all the ladies listening. If you'd like to make your bath a real pleasure and a real beauty bath at the same time, then the soap to keep handy is Swan Soap. Sure, because Swan's exclusive super-creamed blend gives you a wonderful new kind of beauty lather that feels soft and gentle against your skin. Luscious Swan Beauty Lather that cleanses so thoroughly, then rinses away so completely, your skin is left feeling beautifully smooth and fresh when you step from the tub. Yes, from now on, make your bath a real beauty bath with Swan Soap's wonderful super-creamed beauty lather. And now, here are the top winners of the third week in the Lever Fur Contest. First prize, a gorgeous $3,000 mink coat or the cash goes to Mrs. Janice T. Urselcook, 907 State Street, Lafayette, Indiana. Congratulations, Mrs. Urselcook. The second prize winners who each win a beautiful $1,000 fur coat or the cash are Mrs. Robert S. Oaks, Alexandria, Virginia, Mrs. Gladys Dorothy Johnson, Minneapolis, Minnesota, and Joan L. Smith, Chicago, Illinois. Congratulations to you all. The other 325 winners in the third week's contest will be notified by mail. Well, we're all friends again, thanks to Mrs. O'Reilly and Professor Kropotkin, who gave a dinner for all of us tonight. So before we went, I said to Irma, now remember, honey, let's not have any quarrels with anyone tonight. Just agree with everything the fellas say. And Irma took me literally. In fact, Richard said he thought if he took another bite, he'd choke to death, and Irma said, Oh, if that'll make you happy, I'm in favor of it. <laughs> Me, Jane Stacy, I don't know if I'm happy or not, but I'm in favor of my friend Irma. My Friend Irma, presented by Swan, another fine product of Lever Brothers Company, was produced and directed by Cy Howard. Tonight's script was written by Cy Howard and Park Levy, and stars Marie Wilson as Irma and Kathy Lewis as Jane. The part of Professor Kropotkin was played by Hans Conried. Mrs. O'Reilly was played by Gloria Gordon. Ladies, listen. The shortage of fats and oils is still very serious, and it's worldwide. So please keep on saving every drop of used kitchen fat. Your butcher will pay you for every pound. Frank Bingman speaking. Yes, there's a reason why Spry is the cake-making wonders. Spry has an amazing cake improver secret. Try the Spry one bowl way and be certain of lighter, finer, richer cakes every time. No other type of shortening has Spry's cake improver. For new cake-making success, rely on Spry, the pure all-vegetable shortening. Rely on Spry, S-P-R-Y. Rely on Spry, S-P-R-Y. Tune in next week one hour earlier and listen to the Lux Radio Theater, immediately followed by my friend Irma. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. Brothers Company, makers of Swan, the soap with the exclusive super-creamed blend, presents... Our friend Swan. With my friend Irma. 
Starring Mary Wilson as Irma and Kathy Lewis as Jane. Friendship, friendship, just a perfect friendship. When other friendships have been forgot, theirs will still be hot. private secretary of an important investment broker with the stock market as it is today. And it's maddening enough to go from Wall Street home to West 73rd Street on that murderous subway. But that is comparative ecstasy to what greets me when I open the door to our apartment and see my beloved roommate, Irma Peterson, standing in the room with a bottle of whiskey in her hand, pouring it on the geraniums. (laughs) So I say, Irma, why would you pour whiskey on the geraniums? And Irma said, Jane, the florist said flowers live longer if they're potted. (laughs) (laughs) Normally, a remark like that from Irma is enough to make someone not only go off the wagon, but throw themselves under it. (laughs) But that's Irma for you, and I love her. Jane, you seem worried. What's the matter? Oh, everything's been so hectic down at the office with Richard away. Where'd he go, Jane? Oh, well, honey, he's gone to Nebraska on business. Oh. Uh, Jane, what shall we have for dinner tonight? A big juicy steak or a can of sardines? (laughs) Uh, What do you think, Jane? Jane, you're not listening to me. Huh? Oh, I'm sorry, honey. I guess my mind was in Nebraska. Well, at least you know where it is. My boss says I've lost mine. (laughs) Jane, why did Richard go to Nebraska? Well, honey, he's an investment broker, and with the market the way it is, he wants to get some first-hand information on the availability of farm machinery, you know. You see, Nebraska is the center of the wheat belt, the wheat fields, and the grain elevators. Oh, they keep the grain in elevators? No wonder the market keeps going up and down. <laughs> no, sweetie, it's, it's not that kind of an elevator. Irma, you ought to know about grain. You were born on a farm in Minnesota. Well, ours was a dairy farm. We just had cows. Jerseys and Holsteins and Guernseys. I remember I always wanted my father to buy a Swiss cow because I loved that cheese with the holes in it. <laughs> Yeah, honey. You probably wanted to keep a cow in a small bungalow so you could have cottage cheese. (laughs) Hello? Long distance? Yes. Yes, operator. This is Jane Stacy. What? Nebraska calling? Thank you. Hermit's Richard. He's calling me from Nebraska. Nebraska? Oh, gee, what a wonderful state. The home of the Idaho potato. (laughs) Irma, please. Hello, Richard. Oh, yes, it's nice to hear your voice, too. What? Howard Teichman. Yeah, yeah, of course I know him. He's one of your best clients. He's on his yacht, anchored in Long Island Sound, and you can't reach him. Well, what do you want me to do? Will you please get off the line? No, no, not not you, Richard, no. It's the other party on my line. They're always cutting in. We we have a party line. Yeah. Now, Now, what were you saying? What? Oh, lady, please. I'm talking long distance. I can't help it if your teeth fell down the drain. (laughs) I was on the phone first. Uh, Just a second, Richard. I better write it down. Irma, get a pencil. Get a pencil. Take this down, huh? All right, Jane. Go go ahead, Richard. Go ahead. What's that? You'll call me back at 7 o'clock tonight to tell me whether Mr. Teichman is to buy or sell farm machinery. Yeah, Oh, yes, I know how important it is, Richard. Well, don't worry, dear. I'll get to him on his yacht if I have to swim out to him and back. Oh, I sure do. I certainly miss you. No, not you, lady. (laughs) Oh, Richard, I'd better hang up. This party line's just driving me crazy. I'll be waiting for your call at 7. Bye. Oh, honestly, these party lines. I might as well try to carry on a conversation in Madison Square Garden. It is, it's really beyond endurance. Irma, we've got to get a private line. Well, Al says it's very hard to get a new phone today. He says they won't give you one unless you're a bookie. 
ridiculous. There must be some way we can get a private line. Come in. It's only me, Professor Kropotkin. <laughs> Hello, Janie and Irma, my two little rabbits. One a little Easter bunny, the other a little bugs bunny. <laughs> Why, Professor? Excuse me, a little joke I thought up for the coming holidays. <laughs> uh, girls, do you mind if I use your telephone? Not at all. I would use the payphone downstairs, but Al has put so many slugs in it that I'm afraid when I lift up the receiver, a voice will say, This is your FBI. <laughs> well, you're welcome to use ours, Professor, but we have a party line, so there's always somebody coming cutting in. Well, I'll take a chance. <laughs> I'm calling my old friend, Eli. Well, Professor, why don't you ask Miss O'Reilly to put a phone in your room? In my room, it's impossible. No wall in the entire room is strong enough to hang the box on. <laughs> oh, uh, hello, Eli. This is Kropotkin. Yes, your old friend from the Milwaukee Symphony. Uh, you're glad to hear from me? Well, it's always nice when old friends get together. Wait a minute, Eli. Lady, get off the phone. Can't you see we're talking? So tell me, Eli, how's everything with you? Huh? Uh, hold it. Lady, please, I'm trying to talk with my old friend. Go ahead, Eli. What, lady? Just a minute. You like my voice, lady? Eli, keep still. The lady is talking. <laughs> what, lady? Well, thank you. I like your voice, too. <laughs> Eli, please get off the line. <laughs> Go ahead, lady. I think you hung out. <laughs> now, what are you saying? Tonight? <laughs> I don't know. What time? Eli, is that you again? For goodness sakes, get off. This is not Eli. This is the lady's husband. Sorry, wrong number. <laughs> Jenny, you're right. These party lines are terrible. Everybody's always butting in. I know. What can I do about it? Richard's going to call me on an important business matter from Nebraska tonight at 7, and I'm just terrified that he won't be able to get through. Well, girls, if you want to get your service changed, you've got to know somebody important. Who do you know? Well, I know Al. <laughs> Irma, darling, that will change the service. Uh, your, your telephone wires will be tapped. <laughs> then what can we do? Girls, these are your own problems. Me, I've got my own problems with my income tax. Yeah, living alone, you haven't any dependents. Uh, the only dependent I got is my ceiling. You put down your ceiling as a dependent? Certainly. Whenever I'm in my room, I have to support it. Bye, girl. Oh, Irma, I don't know what to do. Oh, you're worried, Jane, huh? Well, certainly I'm worried, honey. If our telephone is tied up tonight, when Richard tries to call me, he may lose one of his biggest clients. Oh, don't worry, Jane. I I'll take the receiver off the hook so nobody can use it. No, no, Irma, no. Come in. Hello, Jane. Hi, chicken. Hello, Al, honey. Gee, Al, are you growing a mustache? Oh, no, no. This all comes from using the slug at the automat. What do you mean, Al? Well, it was eating blackberry pie and could only get the slot half open. <laughs> Chicken, I've been trying to get you on the phone all day. Who you been talking to? I wasn't talking, Al. We're on a party line, you know. Oh, I hate them party lines, Chicken. When I call you up on the phone and throw you a kiss, I want to know who's catching it. <laughs> Besides, I've been trying to get you all day to tell you about my latest deal. Oh, that's the only time I'm glad the line was busy. What is your latest brainstorm, Al? Painting numbers on piano stools and selling them for roulette wheels? <laughs> this is one Joe is backing. Must make a fortune. Well, what is it, Al, honey? It's a man's suit designed to look like a pair of pajamas. So if the watchman catches you in a store after it's closed, you can tell him you walk in your sleep. Gee, <laughs> Jane, isn't Al dynamite? Yes, and someday someone's going to put a fuse under him and blow him right out of that unemployment line. <laughs> Well, as much as I hate to miss this priceless dialogue, I'm going to go down to the telephone company and see if I can get a private line. Goodbye, kids. Why does she want a private line? Well, our phone is always busy, and Jane is especially worried because tonight she's expecting an important business call from Richard in Nebraska. Well, chicken, she ain't got a chance to get a private phone. Why not, Al? Doesn't know the angles. When you're dealing with a big corporation, you've got to throw your weight around, threaten them. How, Al? Chicken, if you want to know how to deal with a telephone company, there's only one man who can help us. Who else? Who else but... Hello, Joe. <laughs> ah, got a problem. 
Irma is having a little trouble with her telephone. Understand you know a couple of collectors with a company. Yeah, you know, those guys who go around taking the money out of the pay station. Huh? They don't work for the company, they work for you. <laughs> well, uh, Joe, uh, how did you get your phone? Uh-huh. 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 Mm-hmm. You told them you were in business. Ventilating? What do you mean? Oh, you open second-story windows. <laughs> well, the, the business angle gives me a thought. Thanks for the lead, Joe. I'll take it from there. Come on, chicken. We're off to the telephone company. Well, Miss Stacy, let me see. Uh, your phone number is Hilltop 5829. Yes, that's right. Now, the telephone company understands your problem and would like to give you a private wire, but we're short of equipment. Oh, no. Of course, if it was an emergency, a case of illness... Well, you see, I live with Irma Peterson. Oh, is there anything wrong with Miss Peterson? You have no idea. <laughs> I mean, uh, uh, well, she isn't quite right. I, I mean... I know, I know. It's, it's hard to talk about things like that. Sickness is something we must all bear at one time or another. Yes. Then you'll try to help us, Mr. Ritterhoff? Certainly. We'd be delighted to do anything that would get Miss Peterson back to normal. Thank you, Mr. Ritterhoff. Goodbye. Goodbye. Well, Chicken, here we are. Telephone company. Let's go in. The man you have to see is Mr. Ritterhoff. But, Al, I, I don't know what to tell him. Oh, just tell him you're in business. But with people breaking in on your telephone line, the customers get mad and hang up. As a result, your business is dropping off. Got it? I got it. Let's have it back once just to play safe. Oh, I'm in business hanging customers, but with people breaking the line, my customers drop off. Oh, hold it, <laughs> Just take your time. Come on. Yes, folks, what can I do for you? I'd like to have a private line. Mm -hmm. What's your telephone number? A Hilltop 5829. Hilltop 5829. Are you by any chance Irma Peterson? Yes, I'm Irma Peterson, and I'd like to have a private line right away, please. Do you live with Miss Jane Stacy? Yes. Why? I thought you were sick. That's ridiculous. I never felt better in my life. Oh. <laughs> you see, Mr. Ritterhoff, Miss Peterson here is in business. I see. Uh, what kind of business? A... Uh, she's, um, she's a mannequin. That's why I do impersonations. No! <laughs> What's going on here? Mr. Ritterhoff, I may not weigh much, but I'd like to throw my weight around. I beg, uh, <laughs> I beg your pardon? Either you give us a private line or we take our business elsewhere. Well, miss, that's the way you want it. The telephone company doesn't want to stand in the way of a great impersonator. You may consider your telephone disconnected as of now. The reason? Misrepresentation. Good day. Well, didn't I tell him? Tell him? Chicken, they're taking the phone out. Now, how will Richard be able to talk to Jane at seven? Well, Al, I'm not a genius. I can't solve everybody's problems at once. <laughs> You know, ladies, you can tell Swan differs from other soaps just by feeling a cake of Swan. It feels smoother. As Susie Swan says, Swan is really different. The feel of Swan will tell you in a minute. Just feel a cake of Swan and you will see that Swan is different as can be. The reason, friends, it's super cream blend, says Susie. Yes, only Swan has this exclusive super-creamed blend, the blend that makes Swan differ from other soaps. You can feel the difference when you run your fingers over a cake of Swan. It feels smoother. You can feel the difference in Swan's lather. It's creamier, richer, more abundant. That's why Swan does an extra mild, extra thorough cleansing job on your skin. Yes, thanks to Swan's exclusive super-creamed blend, Swan lather cleanses so gently rinses away so thoroughly that your skin looks smoother, fresher, younger. Remember, the swan look is a young look. Well, it's almost seven, and I'm waiting here by the phone for Richard's call from Nebraska. Al and Irma are both here, and I don't like the way they're acting. 
Especially Irma. She has that same expression she had on her face the day she sold my leopard coat for a dollar because the man told her that leopards were often known to turn on their masters. <laughs> Irma. Uh, yes, Jane? You know, you're acting very strangely. There's something wrong. Uh, no, Jane. Hmm. Why are you so silent? Uh, well, you know, Jane, um, silence is golden. Yes. And we want to save up so we can get married. <laughs> well, whatever the two of you are up to, when Richard calls, I don't want any talking. Don't worry, you won't hear a sound. Tricky. <laughs> of course we'll be quiet, Jane. We realize how important this call is. Yeah, just so you know, Al. Well, I guess I'll go in the bathroom and wash up. You call me, honey, if the phone rings. Gee, Al, what shall we do? I, I wonder if they cut the phone off yet. Chicken, don't use the word phone. Jane might hear. Refer to it as, uh, uh, Louie. I'll know what you mean. All right, Al. Uh, Al, will you lift Louie's head up and see if he's still alive? <laughs> Just what I intended to do, chicken. Al? I told you to stay off the phone. Uh, only be a second. Hello? What, Sam? You don't say. Oh, that's too bad. Goodbye. Louie. Chicken, prepare yourself for a shock. Louie is dead. <laughs> You'll never hear his golden voice again. Oh, Al, what'll we do? Irma, who is this Louie? Uh, just an old friend. Uh, go back to your washing, Jane. Well, all right, Al, but stay off the phone now. Call me if it rings. Oh, Al, now Jane will find out the phone is disconnected. Maybe I ought to tell her. No, Chicken, that phone has a long cord. She'll strangle the two of us. <laughs> Got to resort to what is known in the trade as a fast shuffle. What do you mean, Al? We'll ring the alarm clock. You grab the phone and pretend you're talking to Richard. When Jane comes out, you hang up and give her the message. Gee, Al, are, are we doing the right thing? Can't tell till we see how it turns out. But Richard is to tell Jane whether Mr. Teichman should buy or sell. What shall I say? Either one, Chicken. Can't stop to become financial experts. When our lives hang in the balance. Here goes the alarm clock. Hello? What was that? Uh, just the phone ringing. What? Uh, Richard? Yes, Richard. Richard. Irma, give me the phone. All right, Richard. Uh, goodbye, Richard. Irma! What's the matter with you? Why didn't you let me talk to him? Uh, he was in a hurry. It was his last nickel. <laughs> Uh, but he gave me a message. Chicken, uh... Richard gave you the message for Mr. Teichman? Yes. Gee, that's strange. Well, tell me, was Mr. Teichman to buy or to sell? Yes. <laughs> yes what? Uh, yes, sir. He wants Mr. Teichman to sell. Are you positive? Of course I'm positive. Sell. S-E-L. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, if that's his message, I'd better get over to Mr. Teichman. Hand me the phone, Al. I'll call a cab. Uh, we'll do it for you, Jane. How do you like that? This darn party line is always busy. Oh, dear. Well, I'll get a cab downstairs. That party line. Thank heavens we won't have to put up with this phone much longer. You can say that again. Well, Chicken, are you a little proud of the way I got us out of that spot? Oh, but, Al, Jane will try the phone sooner or later. Well, what can we do? But, uh, but, but maybe I can snip the cord with a pair of scissors. Then I can tell Jane the operator is cut off. No, <laughs> no, 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 Chicken. Oh, maybe we can hang it out of the window. Jane always wanted an extension phone. Yeah, forget it, Chicken. <laughs> we have survived the crisis. So long as Jane doesn't find out tonight, tomorrow morning you can apologize to the phone company and they'll restore the service and Jane will never be the wiser. Al, you're so wonderful. You put so much confidence in my mind that it makes my head feel like the Rock of Gibraltar. Oh, hello, Jane. Everything uh, taken care of? Yeah. Yeah, I saw Mr. Teichman on his yacht. Of course, he's a little surprised that Richard wants him to sell, but he's given orders to unload. He just left on an overnight cruise. Well, that takes care of that. Jane, how about going with Chicken and I to a movie tonight? On me. On you? Well, sure. Things look pretty good. You know, March is a long month. I get five unemployment checks. 
<laughs> All right, Al. Come in. Excuse me for bothering you so late, girls, but I've got a terrible toothache. Oh, that's too bad, Professor. Oh, that Mrs. O'Reilly. I never should have made up with her. Tonight she had to bake me an angel cake. I think she left a harp in it. <laughs> Janie, could I please use your phone to call the dentist? Certainly. Uh, you can't talk, Professor. You've got a sore tooth. I'll get it for you. Oh, thank you, Al. Circle 8884. Right. How do you like that? That dame is still on this party line. Oh, well, it's about time someone told her off. Hand me that phone, Al. Oh, Jane, we'll be late for the movie. Give it to me, Al. I'll tell her... Hello? Hello? There's no one on here. There's not even a dial sound. This phone is dead. How do you like that? The, the dame talked the life right out of it. <laughs> Poor Louis. You're quiet, chicken. I can't understand this. Come in. Telegram for Miss Stacy. Oh, yes. Uh, I'll take it. Uh, here you are, boy. Thank you, miss. Yeah. I wonder who it's from. It's from Richard. Unable to reach you. Phone company says your phone has been disconnected since 3 o'clock. Imperative you notify Teichman to buy. To buy? Oh, Irma. Irma, Al, don't you dare move. I think I'll go to the dentist. <laughs> A sight like this I can't take without Novocaine. <laughs> Irma Peterson. Al, how could you do a thing like this to me? To Richard? To an innocent man like Mr. Teichman who will lose a fortune? Oh, we didn't mean it, Jane. You, you see, we went down to the phone company and I started to throw my weight around, but I didn't know it would land on you. Oh, Irma. <laughs> well, gee, it's, it's just one of those things, Jane. After all, it's, it's human nature for people to make mistakes and chicken and me... We're always going back to nature. <laughs> Good night, Al. Good night. Good night, chicken. <laughs> I I'm sorry, Jane. You're always sorry. You were sorry when you cut a hole in my coat so the moths could fly out. <laughs> time you put flypaper on the chair because I said I wanted Richard to stick around. <laughs> you were sorry the time you put Paris green in the candy because St. Patrick's Day was coming. <laughs> You're always sorry. Now it's too late. I'll be fired in the morning and all on account of you. Good night, Irma. Don't ever speak to me again. Good night, Jane. Good night, Jane. Whoa. She's mad at me. Well, I'm at the office. Gotten all my things together so when Richard comes back and fires me, it won't take me long to make an exit. Although I've refused to speak to her, Irma's followed me to the office. She's sitting here looking like a cocker spaniel who's just chewed up the rug. <laughs> Jane, I'm sorry. Will you ever forgive me? Irma Peterson! Miss Stacy. Where's Mr. Rhinelander? Oh, well, you see, Mr. Teichman, Mr. Rhinelander's in Nebraska, but, but he thought... I know he... how he thought. He outthinks everybody. Yes, but... Everybody uh... bought, but he was the only one who sold. So... I made a fortune. You made... It was a lucky day for me when I went with the Rhinelander Investment Company. Well, I'll see him later. I'm off to trade in my yacht. Who knows? I may even negotiate for the Queen Mary. I've made a killing. Goodbye. <laughs> Irma, I'm sorry. Would you ever forgive me? Oh, certainly, Jane. All of us can't be bright. 
You know something? Right now I'm in no position to argue with my friend Irma. Folks, in just a moment, I'm going to tell you the names of more big winners in the $100,000 Lieber Fur Contest. But first, I'd like to tell you why so many women prefer swan soap for their complexion care. It's because swan alone has that wonderful super-creamed blend. Why, even the way a cake of swan feels tells you that it differs from other soaps. Swan has an extra smoothness you can actually feel in the cake itself. You can feel a difference in the lather, too. Swan's lather feels richer creamier. And Swan's Super Creamed Blend makes that Swan lather rinse away so completely that your skin glows with freshness and life. It's left softer, smoother, younger. No wonder the Swan look is a young look. And now the top winners in the fourth week of the Big Lever Fur Contest. First prize, Mrs. E.H. Turnick of 5721 Elwood Street, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. You win a gorgeous $3,000 mink coat or the cash. Congratulations, Mrs. Turnick. The second prize winners are Mrs. A.J. McCracken, 1216 Elm Street, Cambridge, Ohio, Mrs. Gladys Carr, Edgewater, Maryland, Mrs. Fred B. Hooper, 135 South Grove, Albany, New York. You each win a luxurious $1,000 fur coat or the cash. Nice going. The other 325 winners in the fourth week's contest will be notified by mail. Listen next week for more winners. And now, may I present Mr. McCullough St. John's managing editor of Radio Mirror and Photoplay magazines. Thank you, Mr. Bingman. As a representative of the many thousands of readers of Radio Mirror magazine who have voted my friend Irma, their favorite new comedy program of 1947, I want to present these citations to Cy Howard, the creator and writer-producer-director of My Friend Irma, and to the other wonderful members of the My Friend Irma cast. Congratulations to all of you and to your sponsor, Swan Soap. Thank you very much, Mr. St. John. We are indeed happy that our friend Irma has such a loyal following. And while the thank yous are being passed around, I'd like to make a bow to the people in our cast who have worked so hard and done so much to make the program a success. My personal thanks go to Marie Wilson and Kathy Lewis, our lovely stars, to Hans Conried, John Brown, Leif Erickson, Gloria Gordon, and Lud Gluskin for his wonderful music. And a special thank you to Park Levy, my writer colleague. <laughs> Folks, next Monday evening, listen again to... Our friend, Swan, with my friend, Irma. Frank Bingman speaking. Yes, there's a reason why Spry is the cake-making wonders. Spry has an amazing cake improver secret. Try the Spry one bowl way and be certain of lighter, finer, richer cakes every time. No other type of shortening has Spry's cake improver. For new cake-making success, rely on Spry, the pure all-vegetable shortening. Rely on Spry, My Friend Irma, presented by Swan, another fine product of Lieber Brothers Company, was produced and directed by Cy Howard. Tonight's script was written by Cy Howard and Park Levy. Tune in next week one hour earlier and listen to the Lux Radio Theater, immediately followed by My Friend Irma. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. Well, guys, that does it for Miss Murray Wilson and Kathy Lewis on the show for this afternoon. I hope you guys enjoyed it. If you enjoy it, please comment and subscribe. You can subscribe on your favorite podcast platforms, 
such as Spotify, Google, Apple, and wherever else you get your podcast. Just type in Mystery and Comedy Old Time Radio Podcast, and it should pull my podcast right up. And also, guys, just to let you know, later on this afternoon, I will be releasing a bonus episode for y'all for Memorial Day. So please stay tuned for that as I bring the um, dramatic story of a World War II veteran and something to tickle your funny bone for Memorial Day. And then also, guys, stay tuned after the show to hear Mr. Ben Crosby and... Frank Sinatra sing My Country Tis of Thee and God Bless America and stay tuned after their performance to hear Amazing Grace followed by Taps and a 21 Gun Salute for all our veterans currently serving and who paid the ultimate sacrifice to give their lives for us so that we can have the freedoms that we enjoy in this country and once again guys thanks